This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Dearest listener, lend us your ears. This is the season the Viscount intends to find a wife. You honestly just did that. I believe I did. And get ready for Hollywood's biggest night. So, ladies, are you ready to host the Oscars? I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch this weekend, Friday, March 25th through Sunday, March 27th. We are counting down the weekend's top five must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Netflix is not going any further down the rabbit hole with Archive 81. After just one season, the streamer has canceled the horror mystery series, which hit number one on Netflix in the U.S. upon its release in January. Fans of the series will be particularly disappointed, given the shocking nature of the first and now only season's ending, where, spoiler alert, Dan learned that Melody was not actually dead or missing, but instead was stuck in a different dimension. And in the process of saving her, he himself ended up stuck in the 90s while she safely made it to the present day. But along with that cancellation news, Netflix announced a big renewal, which should make the show's superfan Daniel Radcliffe very happy. Love is Blind has been renewed through season five. And in case you haven't done the math, that is a three-season renewal. The third season of the popular dating show will also premiere this year, though a date hasn't been announced just yet. Also coming to the streamer is the U.S. version of the Aussie fave Love on the Spectrum, which follows people on the autism spectrum as they navigate the world of dating and relationships. And from the creators of Indian Matchmaking, which has been renewed for a second and third season, comes Jewish Matchmaking, featuring singles in the U.S. and Israel as they turn their dating life over to a top Jewish matchmaker. And another series, The Ultimatum, where a couple is about to get married, but one of them, it turns out, isn't quite ready, will premiere April 6th, followed by an all-queer season coming soon. For more on those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. All right, we are kicking off this weekend's picks on a high note with a show that's already in the conversation for best of the year. Apple's Pachinko. Based on the best-selling novel by Min Jin Lee, this sprawling drama follows a Korean immigrant family across four generations through the eyes of matriarch Soonja, played by Oscar winner Yoon Jung as an elderly woman and newcomer Kim Min-ha as a teenager, and her grandson Solomon, played by Love Life's Jin Ha. Beginning with Japan's occupation of Korea in the early 1900s, the story spans more than half a century and two continents, following Sunja and her family as their quiet life in their homeland is upended, as well as Solomon's efforts to close a major business deal in Tokyo while navigating family tensions. Among its many themes, Pachinko is a show about how history impacts all of us, even if we're not the ones who lived through it. Kim recently spoke to EW about how her own family history affected her performance. 
For me, uh, I heard a lot of stories from my grandmother because she actually lived in that era. So mm -hmm. yeah, she told a lot of stories about herself and how she felt at that moment and how she dealt with it, uh, how she solved the problems at that time. Yeah, so for me personally, grandmother, while I was preparing for this role, my grandmother helped me a lot. And star Lee Min-ho also spoke to EW through a translator about how working on the show affected his view of Japan and Korea's complicated history. Well, I just knew as much as uh, what I learned from textbooks and from when I was schooled. Um, but it's been a while since I graduated, so um, the memories were fuzzy in my head. But through this show, I could, you know, think about the past of the, um, our country and think about what kind of lives people at the time would have had led. And I think that is really meaningful uh, for the next generation to come, that we are thinking about our past and we can build on that. So um, it was, I think it was a great experience for me to, to have some time to rethink about the past. Well, viewers should find that a worthwhile experience, too. As EW's own Kristen Baldwin wrote in her review of Pachinko, quote, I came out of it frantic for another chapter in Sunja's story and knowing more about Korean-Japanese relations than I learned in four years of higher education. It is Kristen's early pick for the best show of 2022, but you can see it for yourself. The first three episodes of Pachinko are now streaming on Apple TV+. We've been waiting for this one. Turn it up. The tempo on our next pick is sure to be off the charts. It's the premiere of Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls. That's girls, G-R-R-R-L-S. The new series from Amazon Prime Video follows Lizzo as she searches for dancers for her upcoming live tour. She's looking for girls with big talent and confident curves to shake it on stage to her hits Juice, Truth Hurts, and more. This competition is definitely gonna be heated. Here's a preview. What's up, y'all? It's Lizzo. I'm looking for dancers to join me on my tour. Girls that look like me don't get representation. Time to pull up my sleeves and find them myself. <laughs> we think that we pretty and we know what we about. It's the battle of the big girls. To be a background dancer for Lizzo would just mean everything. <laughs> it's showtime. Hey, ladies! What do we have in store? This is the fun part. I'm always doubting myself, and I feel like that has been detrimental in how I approach dance. I'm realizing that I do deserve a spot on that stage. It's hard to love yourself in a world that doesn't love you back. You were created specially in your image for you to enjoy. You don't have to be light-skinned. You don't have to be skinny. You're just beautiful the way you are. I need to challenge myself and step outside my comfort zone. Now I'm going into competition mode. Fire. Some people are not at the same level that I am. I'm gonna call you Lil Sis. He's trying to demean me. He's not understanding how to read the room. Oh. You might not make it into the show. I see a lot of potential, but this is not the time for potential. Okay. There's more than just one image of beauty. It's about to get real. It's time to show the world how we do it.
Watch out for the big curls. This fierce competition is about to take off, and the stage is set for the big girls to show off what they've got. Watch Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls, streaming now on Amazon Prime Video. It's trivia time. Lizzo is well known for her flute skills and her use of the flute in her music. But what is the pop star's name for her flute? Is it Sasha Flute, David Fluterman, or Flute Williams? Stick around for the answer. Good for you, you've made it to the weekend. And to our number three pick, the premiere of Olivia Rodrigo driving home to you a sour film. The new documentary follows Rodrigo after her record-breaking rise to fame in 2021 when her single Driver's License hit number one and her first album Sour also debuted at number one. Her honest and unfiltering lyrics about love and heartbreak resonated with listeners and now she's sharing how her album came to be with footage from the recording sessions that brought it all together. Here's a preview. I think it's really interesting to come back to a place that you haven't been to in a long time as a new person. I did this road trip so many times back and forth between LA and Salt Lake. How would I describe this chapter of my life? There you go. I just wanted to tell people what was going on in the back of my head in a way that was proud and not ashamed. There's nothing that connects people and nothing that is a truer window into a human emotion than music. I'm gonna cry! Dan and I are just losing our minds. <laughs> Take one. You're listening to the most popular song on the planet. It's out of tempo. I don't like it. I can't sing it well. What's wrong? I'm so sad about it. I don't know. I think you're overthinking that. I got my driver's license last week. I've always been so attracted to really emotional songs. Being a songwriter, it's just the absolute dream. It's my way of making sense of the world. Coming from this place of hurt and devastation, and you manage to turn it into something that you're proud of, there's nothing better than that. Rodrigo also performs a few of her hits off the album in the film. They are sung with brand new arrangements in some pretty stunning locations like a canyon and amphitheater. Rodrigo sat down with EW recently and told us which of the live performance locations was her favorite. We shot Brutal at this like airplane graveyard in the Mojave Desert. And it was so crazy. I had no idea that airplane graveyards were even a thing, but like it makes sense. Where does an airplane go when they're like no longer working, I suppose? But it was so crazy. And I actually didn't like realize how big airplanes were until I was like standing by the wheels looking up at the airplane. Um, but that was one of my favorite setups. And I had a lot of fun um, performing with my uh, with my band. And yeah, that was pretty cool. Also pretty cool, Rodrigo is nominated for Best New Artist at the Grammys, one of her seven nominations this year, and she will be heading out on her Sour Tour next month. You can check out Olivia Rodrigo driving home to you a Sour film streaming now on Disney+. Plus. All right, folks, stay tuned. Our top two picks and soundbite of the week are coming up. What to watch? We'll be right back. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. The Lost City finally arrives in theaters today, starring Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, and Daniel Radcliffe in an action-comedy-adventure through the jungle. But our soundbite of the week comes not from the movie, but rather an interview with Too Fab, where Bullock discussed an earlier movie she starred in, but wishes she hadn't. I have one there no one came around to. And I'm still embarrassed I was in. It's called Speed 2. And very vocal about it. Makes no sense. Slow boat. Slowly going towards an island. That's one that I wished I hadn't done. And no fans came around. Well, as anyone in Hollywood knows, they can't all be winners. But you can see more from Bullock, but not more from Speed 2. In EW's Around the Table with the cast of The Lost City, now available to watch over at EW.com. Okay, it is time to roll out the red carpet for our number two pick this weekend. Think you might know what it is? Yeah, it is the Oscars. After one of the longest and most turbulent award seasons ever, the 94th Academy Awards will finally honor the best films of 2021 this weekend. After three years in a row with no host, this one will have not one, not two, but three of them. Amy Schumer, Regina Hall, and Wanda Sykes will all co-host the ceremony, which will be separated into three acts. Kind of like a movie. Get it? The show will also feature musical performances from Beyonce, Billie Eilish, and more, but will not feature the live presentation of eight awards, including Best Film Editing, Best Sound, and Best Original Score, which will be given out ahead of the telecast with highlights shown during the broadcast, all in an effort to try to shorten the show. But let's be honest, people are still probably going to say it's too long. But I digress. Here are Sykes, Hall, and Schumer on what else we can expect from the ceremony. Be prepared to uh, see something different. And uh, yeah, just, just be uh, open. Just have some fun. Just, just have some fun. I feel really blessed because I have two incredible co-hosts. What's been so fun thus far is being able to collaborate and bounce ideas and like just do a lot of fun stuff. It does continue to be a tough year for everyone. And I think everyone's ready to have a good time. I think people want that night to escape and laugh and, you know, see celebrities make fools of themselves. That's why we're all here, you know, just so we can, like, trash each other. Well, I mean, isn't that what the Oscars are all about? Of course, in between all of that, there will be some awards handed out, and there are likely to be some surprises in store this year. While Will Smith is almost certain to take the stage for his first ever Oscar win, Best Picture remains a toss-up between The Power of the Dog and Coda, 
And it's really anyone's guess what's going to happen in the chaotic Best Actress category. Here is EW's Oscar expert Joey Nolfi on this week's episode of our Awardist podcast, breaking down the state of the Best Actress race along with executive editor Clarissa Cruz and movies editor Joshua Rothkoff. I mean, this is <laughs> my, my favorite and also my nightmare category. Um, I, I mean, Jessica Chastain, I've said on this podcast before, my favorite performance of the year. So you my heart is early. with that one. You called it that is, one early. Oh, it's yeah. so good. It's just, yeah. it's such a divine performance. Um, but I, oh gosh, I am like, my brain wants to say, stay with Jessica. She has won all of the precursors. But I, again, coming back to these secret ballots that I'm doing, I have not talked to a single person who has not voted for Penelope Cruz. And I think <laughs> I'm so excited wild. to hear that. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear that. I don't know if this is just, you know, I'm talking to the only handful of people in the Academy who are voting for her to <laughs> win, or if it really is indicative of broader support, because they're not just saying that they are voting for her. They're saying that like everybody in their circles is sort of wow. buzzing about Penelope Cruz. So <sighs> I do think that there is, this also speaks to the power of the sort of, uh, culmination of more international people in the Academy who I think, which I think also explains the reason why someone like Gaga was snubbed because she is a commercial celebrity. Um, she's someone that I think people who might have voted for Penelope Cruz. Like, I don't think you're going to get two people who are voting for Penelope Cruz and also Gaga on that ballot. Well, be sure to check out that Awardist episode for a full breakdown of our predictions, which you can also find along with all of our Oscar coverage over at EW.com and catch the Oscars live on ABC this Sunday at 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. And before that, Check out EW.com starting at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Pacific for our live red carpet pre-show where I will be with People Everyday podcast host Janine Rubenstein. Dearest listener, our next selection will surely pique your curiosity. A good competition, one in which affairs of the heart are involved, is at play, and there's sure to be some scandals and surprises along the way. It's our number one pick, the season premiere of Bridgerton. All right, enough of that. The Netflix mega-hit series from Shondaland is back, this time with the story focusing on the eldest brother of the namesake family, Anthony Bridgerton, played by Jonathan Bailey. His escapades of last season have ended, and now he wants to settle down and find a wife. Luckily, just in time for the newest courtship season, the Sharma family arrives in London. Sisters Kate and Edwina are as close as can be, and after some family financial hardships, it's become Kate's mission to help her younger sister Edwina find a well-off and respectful husband who loves her. Only problem is that when Anthony begins to charm Edwina, Kate sees right through him, but also might have some feelings for him of her own. Here's a preview. Your Majesty, may I present... Miss Kate Sharma and Edwina Sharma. Only hope they like me. All you have to do this evening is remember what it is you're looking for. Someone charming. <laughs> and handsome, of course. I cannot be the only one wondering if this former capital R of rake is ready to flourish. It is only out of the greatest love of my family that I aim to choose a bride with my head and not my heart. 
that any suitor wishing to gain an audience with Miss Edwina Sharma must first tame her sister. The sister. The sister. Newton is an excellent judge of character. Oh, see? Anthony will need all the help he can get. He seeks a wife only to fulfill his duty and does not believe in the true love you deserve. I should certainly not give him too much credit now, should we? <laughs> It is a poor player who plays the game and a wise one who plays their opponent. Are you in a losing mood? My mood shall remain unchanged. Can you really not see anything engaging about it? Yes, I suppose I can see how he might engage a person. Oh my! Are you hurt? Come now, it is not proper to stare. powerful thing to meet someone and feel that you know them unlike any other after your father died a wall went up inside you as if love had become some weakness instead of your greatest strength is this young lady truly won your heart the one that makes it impossible for you to look away from them at any given moment what happens when duty is in conflict with the heart's true desire Then there is the potential for a considerable scandal indeed. My honor is hanging by a thread that grows more precarious with every moment in your presence. Well, this season we'll also explore how Penelope Featherington, spoiler alert, is dealing with the responsibilities of being the town's hottest source of gossip, Lady Whistledown, while also protecting her friends and family namely her bestie Eloise Bridgerton. Nicola Coughlin, who plays Penelope, and Claudia Jesse, who plays Eloise, discuss their characters' season two storylines for the March EW cover shoot. Have a listen. Penelope and Eloise's relationship, especially in season one, it felt like the most uncomplicated love that there was, you know? And I think that's why everyone was so attached to it. It's obviously two women as well sharing their minds and their thoughts, which is beautiful, but they're getting older and they have secrets, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think you'll really see that it tests her relationships with everybody in her life. It makes things difficult for Penelope because she's also got a job to do and she needs to be in every dark corner hearing everything happen. And then she's got her best friend there, which is great, but she's attached to her hips. So how does she get away with that? And also I think she's she admires Lady Whistledown, who she believes to be this autonomous woman with loads of money, spilling gossip about loads of people all about town. I think there's something that she's sort of in love with. For desperate want of a better term, Eloise is sort of blocking Penelope for her, in her job. Oh no, I've said that on the camera. That's fine. That's a moment I can't ever undo. Will Kate and Anthony's enemies to lover story end in happily ever after? Tune in to find out. Season two of Bridgerton is streaming in full right now on Netflix. Before we go, we have just a bit more Bridgerton for you. When star Jonathan Bailey spoke to EW recently, he answered plenty of our burning questions about the season, as well as one other really important curiosity we had. What you watching? Right now, I'm four episodes into Mayor of Easttown, and I can't believe I'm so late to it, but I'm loving it. And I've just seen, I think 
Actually, the last episode was the one with Evan Peters in the bar. It's just so brilliant. And there's so much that I'm catching up on. And I think the leading Bridgerton series two has been amazing, but it does take you out of culture and a connectivity to the great wider world. So I'm thrilled to be able to catch up with all the amazing series from last year. So yeah, that is what I'm watching right now. And I'm loving it. It's so inspiring. I love an honest answer like that. If you too missed out on Mayor of Easttown, starring Kate Winslet as a small-town Pennsylvania detective investigating a murder-durder, you can catch up on the series right now on HBO Max. And finally, this weekend, the answer to our trivia question, what is Lizzo's name for her flute? Sasha Flute. David Fluterman or Flute Williams? The truth might hurt if you guessed wrong. The answer is Sasha Flute. Lizzo's flute actually has its own Instagram account at Sasha B. Fluting, which has more than 300,000 followers, making Sasha Flute quite possibly the most famous flute in history. All right, well, maybe, maybe it's a close second to that one mentioned in American Pie. That is our show for this weekend. We will have more news and must-see picks for you next week, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm senior editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great weekend. What to Watch. What to Watch is written by Tyler Aquilina and Callie Shep, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, hosted and produced by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson.